Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. I enjoyed the conversation that Tracy Reynolds and I had last week with Stacy Cope, listening to his story, and uh, Tracy wow. and I were laughing. <laughs> um, Tracy, just some of the some of the comments that were made. Um, had to had to Google a few times, but but deep um, behind that laughter and the humor, there's some some serious issues um, that that Stacy was talking about. So Stacy, let's just dive back in and and go to some of those places because we want to talk to you today about your books and, um, and we're just proud of you for writing books and continuing in ministry and your bivocational life. Uh, but things have not always been easy. You, you have done some things that you were never expected to do. And, and now you're, you're talking to an audience full of people who are being called by God to do things that many of us do not feel capable uh, to, to do. Uh, so talk to us about that part of your story. I'll be happy to. Uh, well, I, w- I was blessed when I was born. There was two of us. It was me and uh, Mr. Tracy, I actually have a twin sister named Tracy. So uh, awesome! Uh, so I have it's Stacy and Tracy, and uh, she was born very intelligent. I'm not saying I was born slow, but uh, she did come out first. I came out second. And <laughs> but um, I tell a lot of people when it comes to my books that I really never wanted to be an author. Uh, it was something else being called in the ministry. But then to, to write, I just that's not something that would have ever been on my radar, anything that I dreamed of, because as a child growing up, um, I found out that I, I was dyslexic. I also had learning comprehensions. When I was in, um, I guess, first grade, they did tests on me and my twin sister, and they wanted to take Tracy and put her to third grade and then keep me in first grade. Now, how embarrassing would that be in that your twin sister, that's only seven minutes older than you, but graduated two years before you? And, and I remember being a kid growing up and all through grade schools, I, I was I was so lucky to get a C. I mean, I really a C might as well have been an A plus because if I got a C, <laughs> I was happy because most of it was low D's and F's. I barely passed every uh, lower late of, uh, or levels of the grades, like from kindergarten all the way all the way up to seventh grade. But then when I went in eighth grade. I had a guidance counselor that uh, pulled me to the side and said, Stacy, I want to run some tests on you. I said, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you're not dumb. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't want no test done on me. I can't even pass the test I have. <laughs> and, and, and then she's like, no, I just need to find out. I believe you've got some learning disabilities. I'm like, you, and then I was took that offensive. Like, I, I don't need to be told I'm dumb. I know I, all these different things. It's what, what a kid would think, you know, when somebody's trying to help you, sometimes we think mm-hmm. that they're hurting us, but they're really helping us. And. They put me in and through these tests, and that's when that's when they found out I was dyslexic. That's when they found out I had learning uh, disabilities, but in, in eighth grade. And then, uh, even though it, if her name was Miss Goad, I believe her name's Miss Hawthorne now, uh, and Miss Spalding, that they took a year of working with me and helping me and teaching me how to to read. Uh, and I know that seems weird that you're in eighth grade and teaching how to read, but mm. teaching, teaching me how to read the way I could. And, and to God be glory, and I'm not saying I'm a scholar, 
But to God be the glory through their help and through uh, a lot of practice and discipline. Um, by the time I graduated high school, there was 119 of us. I graduated 19th. I was in Who's Who and National Honor Society. And, wow. uh, but that was to God be the glory. And I never thought that I would have ever still written books. Cause even though if I have a learning, a different learning pattern than most people, it's still difficult for me. So in 2013, when God spoke to me to write a book, I, I don't, I rebelled for five years for five. I was like, God, there's no way I'm gonna let everybody know I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> just, I was just, I, I, you've helped me. I, I can't believe you even let me preach. I can't believe that. Cause I know how, I was one of those kids in Sunday school growing up, and the Sunday school teacher asked you to read, and my hands would sweat, and I'd cry because I'd read so slow, and I couldn't talk right. I would say, walk it, wab it, will we? I had a speech impediment, mm-hmm. all those things, and uh, so I just really very nervous to, to talk in front of people, but um, so when God called me to minister, that was a big deal. When he called me to write my first book in 13, I waited till 18. Uh, I got frustrated at God. I don't know if y'all ever get frustrated at God. I said, God, <laughs> I love you, and I've done everything you want me to do. But this one thing I've not done, I feel like, is that the, the stronghold that I'm battling, that I need to just do it? You didn't tell me to sell it. You told me to write it, so I'm going to write it. So in 2018, I wrote the book, To God Be the Glory After Writing It. Um, I got you know in touch with, with Chris as we're speaking today. There was a miscommunication uh, with Steve. Um, our publisher, that he thought I was friends uh, with Chris. And that's what got me in the door. And I had to tell the truth. No, I, don't, I know of him, but I don't know him like that. Uh, <laughs> but we're and friends I want, now, though, right? I, we're yeah, friends. We are friends now. We are. And, and, and but, you know, I had that's cool. two, two mega pastors. They sponsored it. Um, Dr. Phillips, uh, Ron Phillips out of Chattanooga at Alba's house. And then Perry Stone. Uh, those are testimonies in their own. But, after writing that first book, I remember being at Abba's house, sitting on stage beside Ron Phillips. And uh, Ron Carpenter Jr., I'm sure y'all are familiar with him. He, he used to be in our organization, but he was preaching there that day. And he was selling all of his messages on a little disk drive. Like, uh, And um, he said, I'm not an author. This is what I do. And then Dr. Phillips grabbed me by the arm and said, he might not be an author, but you are. And you're an author for the rest of your life. You need to write a book every two years for the next 10 years, and then however God leads you. And I didn't tell Dr. Phillips I was mad as a hornet that day, mm. <laughs> but I was mad because I just completed that book. I was, I got, I did what God asked me to do. I don't know if y'all have ever done that. Like, okay, God, you asked me to do it. I'm done. Whew, it's over. Well, <laughs> for two months, I, 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 I whined to God. And, and I was like, God, I don't even like him saying that to me. And then one day in my prayer, God finally spoke. And my spirit, and this is what he said. He said, has not Dr. Phillips prophesied other things over you and you've enjoyed everything he's ever said? Now, if you're going to take what he prophesies, you've got to take the things you like and what you don't like. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to write no more. It's not me. I was like, the, I, was, I couldn't believe we got one under through this. It's just, but, but long story short, I called Ron up and I apologized to him. He's so funny because he's, I didn't even know he was mad at me, son. I didn't, I didn't even know you didn't, I didn't even know he was mad. I said, I was, I didn't like you singing that over me. He said, Stacy, you're the best storyteller I, I, I've met in a long time. I said, it's funny. My dad and mom used to call me a storyteller when I was a kid. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, just, he said, you have it. And I'm like, I, I, I said, Dr. Phillips, you know, my disabilities and God's helped me, but I, I'm afraid people's going to really see who I really am, my weaknesses. And of course, he he knows the Bible better than me. And of course, 
he made a comment. He said, well, doesn't God take our weaknesses and make them strong? So and he said, isn't that what gives God glory? That's right. And so in everything I write, I just got to give God glory. It's not me. It's him. And I thank God for helping me. Well, thanks for sharing that. It's amazing how God uses our weaknesses, Stacy, to to accomplish the things he wants to accomplish. I think maybe a part of the reason for that is because we're not presumptuous in those areas. We are dependent in those areas. We're aware that, you know, I, I'm really not that good, but it's beautiful. Now, you've written three books. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, sir. So you have the untold testimonies told. And then you ended up having the testimonies told after that. That's and then correct. the last one from last year is From Sheep to Horses, Preparing God's Flock for Battle. Why don't you tell us a little bit about each of those and uh, you know, kind of wh- why you wrote what you did and how that's gone? Well, in the first one, it, it's actually testimonies that, uh, that happened throughout my life and others' lives. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I told you it took five years to... To, didn't take five years to write it. it took me five years to obey. Uh, but uh, long story short, I won't ever forget. I believe I was at Acceler in one year, and we had a, a preacher preaching, and he got up and he was talking about being at a Baptist church and at a humongous Baptist church, and they had this big cemetery. And he was walking through the cemetery, and the pastor was bragging about all these people that had gone before and how great they were and all this stuff. And then he looked out in the audience, uh, and he had made this comment and said, you know what, I thought it was amazing that pastor was so happy about all these people who had been supportive of the kingdom of God and the church. But I wonder how many songs were supposed to be written and sung but never sung. I wonder how many books uh, was ever supposed to be written but never had been told. I wonder how many testimonies that was untold that should have been told. And that when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I knew that God was speaking to me that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I get to tell testimonies from the day I was called in the ministry, the day of my first chapter is about when I learned grace, when I was five years old, when I broke the pastor's uh, window because my mom had told me she's taking me to Lakeside. That's like a, a amusement park in Salem, Virginia. And she did. And then long story short, I got mad and broke a window and I had blood and stuff all over me. And uh, I, 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 told my best friend that was three, I was five, I said, you take the blame, your parents don't spank, mine does. And so we went and said he did it, and he did it. And then, long story short, my mom said I was going to have to pay for the the, the uh, window, but um, pastor that then later became uh, Bishop Questenberry, Glenda Questenberry, he set me in the office and he made this comment. And I said, hey, I'm going to have to pay for that window. And I'm five years old, sitting in his office, saying, I'm going to pay for that window. And he's like, you can't pay for that window. I said, yeah, I can. My mom, I can clean toilets. And uh, he looked at me and said, the window's already paid for. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the grace of God, uh, over 2,000-some years ago, Jesus paid for that window. And I went, and that was how I was taught about grace. Mm-hmm. And so I get to talk about that. I get to talk about human trafficking, where I got to go help a young girl be saved from human trafficking. And uh, got a, you get a testimony about a young baby girl that had died, and I was asked to come. Uh, and be with that family, never had been with them before, and pray for that child to come back to life, and uh, different things. And you get to hear, some, chapter 3 is the favorite chapter of most people. It's about when I was called in the youth ministry, and I was building a community park, and God spoke to me to go to Budweiser to go get money from them to build my park, and that's why people like it, because what Pentecostal church is going to go to Budweiser? And I got thrown out of Budweiser three times, and, but you have to read that to find out. Then the next the next book was a continuation of some of those. So stories. wait, 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 wait. Are you telling yeah. me that Budweiser came through for you? 
Oh, when it was all said and done. And see, Dr. Connor, my God, thank God mm-hmm. for five years I got to work under him. Very educated man, Oxford mm-hmm. degree. He just very smart. And um, he let me, he let me, you know, try God out is what he would probably say. He's like, Stacey, you got to find out if you can really hear from me or not. He actually laughed, never believed it would be true. He even got up. I won't forget when he presented it to the church. He said, this is a vision that Stacy feels that he's heard from God, but we'll, we'll find out. I mean, that's how he set me up. I'm like, thank you. But I, I'm not mad at him for ever doing that because actually it was teaching me to have my confidence in God. But long story short, when you get in the story, I had – uh, four or five different states uh, of Budweiser's sending checks to build that playground. Wow. Uh, but I got thrown out of Budweiser three times because <laughs> God spoke to me and said, I had to speak to the owner and I had to do it face to face. And the little secretary kept throwing me out and said, no, you can't see our boss without it. And I was like, no. Even when he finally called, he called the office after the third time I was kicked out and said, what are you getting kicked out of my office for? And I said, well, it's because I'm supposed to meet with you. He said, you got me on the phone. I said, no, God said I can't speak to you like this. I got to be face to face. And he said some unkindly words that I won't repeat. <laughs> and then five minutes later, I was in his office scared to death. But you can hear that story. That's people's favorite. They really like it because the persistence about where God told me to do something and I wouldn't quit. I wanted to quit. I really did. There was a point I, I almost quit the ministry over because I thought God did not speak to me to go to Budweiser. I mean, there's just, just no way. But you'll have you'd have to read that. To, but but most people love that one because we're Pentecostal holiness, and uh, you know you wouldn't think Budweiser would be, but they did four or five different states. I got thousands and thousands of dollars from that. I mean, to, to God be the glory, and that was that one. And then book two is a continuation on some of the other stories that I'd told. And just uh, and also probably the book God wanted me to write. That book is probably for people who feels like either if you're a sinner and you think you can't be saved, or if you're a Christian and you've fallen and you've done something wrong or something mm-hmm. was done wrong to you and you feel like, well, God can't never use me again. That that I, I would say that's not the pretty Christian book that people want to read because mm-hmm. you're going to see where I, I twelve years in my ministry, I unfortunately went through a horrible divorce. I was uh, fired from my church, uh, uh, kicked out from the conference, was not allowed to be on the grounds here. Mm-hmm. Now I pastor here, to God be the glory, but I wasn't allowed to walk on the grounds near that. But it was just a, it was a horrible time. And But if you stay true to God, he's always true with us. And you get to see some of those um, stories in that one that's a little bit more bloodier, if you may say, mm-hmm. but thank God for the blood. Uh, and, and so if somebody's struggling in an area thinking, well, I, I was called, but now I went through this. Hey, uh, I had I had charges that came against me that that would have ru- ruined the rest of my life. But to God be the glory, He set me free, and uh, and the truth came out. But uh, it's not always easy, and it's still not. It's not. And that was that's that one. And the last one, Doctor Phillips, during COVID, um, I was taking some time to drive to uh, Chattanooga to learn from him personally, and. He was supposed to come preach in Virginia, and the message was going to be from sheep to horses. And he looked at me and said, I'll tell you what, Stacy, this COVID thing's shutting everything down. I, I don't mean to do that voice. I just like his voice. I don't, I don't have a I don't have a It's that storyteller kicking in, man. <laughs> well, I got, the, I got a girl's voice. I don't know if it's with a name, but I, I always wish I, I love had that, doc, that Dr. Connor voice or, or, or Dr. Phil. I said, I'll tell you, I got this. He said, I'm going to give you the scripture God gave me. And, but you go put some meat on it and see what God will do. Well, I had made a promise to Dr. Phillips years ago. Anything that he gives me or teaches me will not die with me, that I will mentor mm-hmm. others and teach others. 
that his legacy and definitely God's legacy will not die after he's dead, that anything he gives me or teaches me that I will make sure to pass on. Well, what's funny about it, he gave it to me. I turned it into a book to God be the glory. I preached that thing everywhere for different states. And I try to give it to pastors because it's actually a 10 point message uh, about, you know, as for, you know, in, in Zechariah, I think it's 10 and three when God's mad at the pastors, I'll say pastors and false prophets. And he, and I'm putting in Stacy Cope version, mm. uh, but he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the, the tribe of Judea and I'm going to raise up my sheep and turn them into my royal horses. So it's all about that during these last days that we need the attributes of a horse to be able to make it through these tough times. So you go through those. And now Dr. Phillips says they'll never give me another message again because he can't preach uh, what he gave me. But uh, but <laughs> he does that laugh, laugh and I'm excited. We're, uh, we're supposed to all go to Israel soon so together. So I'm excited about that. But that was a gift he awesome. gave me and uh, spreading his gospel. So uh, if somebody needs a message to preach and you ain't heard from God, hey, look that book up. It will help you. It'll give you a small series you can preach for a few weeks. <laughs> and to God be the glory. It's from God and then from Ron. And I just thank God for it. There's so many things that I'm proud of you about. Um, I'm proud of you for working through the doubts and the uncertainty and writing the books. It's not easy. Um, we all know that it's it's not an easy task to do that. But I'm I'm very thankful that you wrote about the um, the scars mm-hmm. and those difficult times yes. life is not simple and easy and it brings conflict and questions and tracy and i appreciate you being honest with us yes uh, you know, in this Thank conversation you. we have an audience listening to this podcast um audience that's just carrying the luggage of wounds and carrying hurts and we're trying to find the love of god and the peace in the middle of the uncertainty um, many are asking questions uh, about what can they do next to find mm. god's peace and and I think uh, Tracy, as we as we listen to his story, we're we're hearing that even as he laughs and and jokes, but as he writes through mm-hmm. his struggles, God's wanting to use each of us to make a difference, right? Absolutely, He uses our weakness to promote His strength and to do things that way beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. And I appreciate so much your stories. You are a gifted storyteller, Stacy. And thank you for telling the story of Jesus and, and the way God is helping you. Uh, it, I just believe it's going to inspire some other people to do the same and not give up. That's right. Well, thank you. I, I encourage them not to. Uh, you'll have people to try to get you to, and that's where you need to get them out of your life, honestly. Uh, that we can't, we can't. we got to go to God's Word. I always say go to His Word. Go to Christian music. You fil- filtrate your atmosphere with the presence of God. Uh, and I just want to say this to anybody that's listening. And if you're going through struggles, um, I actually I'm real big about having music 24 seven in my office, in my prayer room. Actually, I got it in my garage in my house because I want the atmosphere of praise and worship continuously going. Even though if I'm not in there praying, I want praise to happen. And mm. and. When I went through my darkest struggle back in 2007, I had my whole house with Christian music the whole time. And what was nice about that, it it kept the negative thoughts out. Anytime negative would come, I mean, it just it just it just helps. So we've got to have our atmosphere surrounded with Christ and God and His Word, and and that uplifts Him because it's so easy to be pulled down so quick. Yeah. And so we got to watch what we have in our atmosphere, what we're listening to, what we're watching, and who we're talking to. Um, yeah, you're right. Good advice. Well, 
um, it's just so good talking to you. And just right before we close, um, mention to our audience how they can get copies of your books, and then we will end the conversation. Okay, well, you can go to my personal website, which is testimoniestold.com, and all three of the books are there. Uh, however, uh, you can also go to Amazon, uh, and uh, you can purchase them all there as well all right. in those two areas. Well, we appreciate it. Again, thanks for your Thank honesty. You, and, and Thank uh, you. We're just proud of you for your endurance uh, and your humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, uh, those are important aspects of life for each of us as we're trying to find ways to make sure that our next steps are our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Things fill my